As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Dave. Hi, Eric. Hey, Dave. Do we curse on this podcast? Yes, Eric. Yes, we do. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to Adventures Adventures in Collecting. Collecting where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Welcome uh, to episode four. Welcome back. Thank you for for joining us again. Yeah, I'm I'm here. (laughs) He's back. It's me. He's back. And I I promise you, it is not Heather doing an impersonation of of Dave. Although I'm sure it would be fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> she refused. She refused. So um, just some some housekeeping uh, before we get started with our normal programming. Um, Dave and I are both very excited to announce that we have joined the non-productive uh, network. So they're a really, really great network of, of nerd chic podcasts, everything from um, Saturday Night Live to Dungeons and Dragons to comic books to um, they do video games. Uh, it, it's, it's a really great network. They have a really great group of podcasts and we're really happy to be with them. Yeah, it's uh, pretty great to be on board and we're looking forward to kind of getting out there to more people with the uh, Nonproductive Network. So thanks for having us. Yeah, so I guess also a hello to the Nonproductive Network. (laughs) Hello, Nonproductive Network. (laughs) Um, The other piece of information or other little thing I wanted to mention actually was this is our first of two episodes in the spooky month of October. So happy October, Dave. Yes, happy October. Um, and while we're talking about spooky things, I wanted to mention uh, another podcast that's out there, uh, host co-hosted by a very good friend of ours. We'll we'll, we'll call him Dave P because we don't want to confuse him with the Dave that you're you're hearing um, today. But uh, their podcast is called Calling All Creeps, and it is a deep dive into the Goosebumps series. Uh, their last episode, they had a chance to meet Arl Stein, the, the man himself, um, along with one of the key artists behind uh, a lot of the covers that uh, that n- not all of the covers, but a lot of the covers from the Goosebumps series. Um, it's a really great podcast. They're a riot. We're hoping to get Dave on here, Dave P on here at some point to join us. Um yeah, definitely check them out if you're into funny shit and or goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, um, we're we're going to uh, hopefully just kind of 
up the ante on the amount of Dave on this podcast. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go all in, Dave. So, all the Dave, all the Dave, all the Dave. <laughs> Hashtag all the Dave. <laughs> yeah, if, if you want more Dave on, on this podcast, please be sure to uh, to tag us in your post on Instagram and uh, hashtag all the Dave. <laughs> or if you've had enough, and it's like I've had enough <laughs> either it'll the hashtag will work either way so before we get into the main topic uh let's just do a quick uh quick recap of of the news um i'll kick it off uh so last week if if um if you've been keeping an eye on our social media which by the way if you're not at uh aic underscore podcast to follow us on on twitter and instagram and all that good stuff um we were posting a lot about New York Comic Con reveals and Triple Force Friday, so I had uh, I had you know a great a great time on Triple Force Friday. I hit up a couple of WalMarts, a Target. I talked to some really great people. Um, it was really cool to see. You know, it was a smaller group than usual, but it was really great to see some enthusiasm about, you know, the Star Wars franchise and the toys and you know kind of all the new things that were out. There was some really great. Uh, Target exclusives with the the Futura, Futura right? Yeah, Futura. It? Futura brands. Um, they did some 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 cross uh, promotion with Funko, and they had an exclusive Darth Vader and some exclusive clothing and um, and uh, Boba Fett, and they were really really great. Um, there was also the the giant fucking ten inch Boba Fetts, which they were only allowing one per per customer, which which was very good of Target. Uh, very frustrating for some of the people that were there, um, but it was great. I, I you know I, I got a chance to to talk to some some people multi generational, which was great. There were there were people there that were older than I was. There were people there with their kids. Um, it was a good time. Um, and I was also able to find everything that I was looking for. So I got all the vintage collection guys that, uh, that I was looking for, which was great. Um, and I have to say, uh, specifically that new Ray is just, it's on, it's unreal. It's, it's definitely my favorite figure in that scale. I would say it's a, it's a tie between the new Ray and, um, and actually, which surprised me cause it's, it's kind of like my least favorite look for luke i absolutely love the the jedi or the um the rebel pilot luke they just they did such a good job with it um the head on mine is a little janky it's a little loose but uh otherwise it's it's awesome um the other the other piece of news that i wanted to mention was just all the cool shit that came out of new york comic-con so in terms of marvel legends i'll kind of stay in my lane on that but uh we're finally getting a Stanley Marvel Legends figure. Uh, there was a rumor going back that he was going to be a build a figure, and there was some rights issues. And you know, um, uh, Hasbro surprised everybody by bringing him out, and it's a, an awesome MCU look. It's uh, it's the Stanley from the first Avengers film. He comes with the chess set. He comes with a very very uh, tongue in cheek autographed, you know, uh, air quotes autographed um, Captain America shield for him to hold. I mean, the the guy is just he is a legend. So the fact that they've finally turned him into, you know, plastic is is it's only appropriate at this point. Yeah, it's a it's a great looking figure. Yeah, and and it looks like it's gonna be super easy for everyone to get. Uh it was originally available for pre order first on Target. Um 
it's now on Hasbro Pulse. It's on Amazon. I'm I'm sure it's it, it'll be on Walmart soon if it's not already. But uh, it's due out sometime next year, um, in the late winter, early spring. Um, I'm seeing anything from like kind of February through April at this point, depending on who you pre-order it from. Um, as you know, if if you're buying these things, that that those dates tend to change. So just keep an eye on it. But it looks like they're going to make it so that everyone who wants one can get one, which is is awesome. Um, the other big Marvel Legends reveal was uh, the the first family, the Marvel's first family. So a new looks for the Fantastic Four. Um, you've you've got uh, Mr. Fantastic. You got Invisible Woman. You got uh, Thing. You got. Uh, Johnny, uh, it's it's the the whole the Human Torch, the the whole um, the whole gang is there, and they all look awesome. They're in their new looks, um, their their modern comic looks, and of course the the big bad himself, Doctor Doom. Uh, Marvel Legends collectors have been clamoring for him for years and years and years. Hasbro has not touched him, so the the as of yet, so the the newest Doctor Doom you could get is back from the Toy Biz days. So people are very excited, and I have to say, it looks incredible. Um, they had actual um, final figures with them um, at New York Comic Con to show. It was they weren't like paint samples, so it's how they're actually going to look, and they looked fantastic. Uh, no pun intended. Um, the other figure in that wave is uh, is She Hulk. Also looking great. The uh, the build a figure, you know, to be determined. So, I, I honestly the size that thing was. I'm I'm still kind of shocked that he's not the build a figure. Um, I wonder who it could be. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your guess is as good as mine because they kind of hit all, checked all the boxes and hit all the characters you'd want to see in a Fantastic Four series. So um who knows yeah my my gut for some reason they're since they're being so coy about it my gut is modok because that's been another um another one that people have really wanted the marvel legends line to revisit seeing as how he has not had a figure since toy biz line and that's definitely one you can't do as a single pack card i mean he's just yeah. a monstrosity of a monstrosity so i mean there there've been some pretty out there build a figs but at the same time um you know there have been some Ones that would would be like, wow, I'm surprised this isn't a regular kind of regular issue figure. Well, I don't want to steal your thunder speaking of Build-A-Figures, but I'm going to pass the ball over to you for some news because you have an interesting Build-A-Figure announcement too, huh? Yeah. Um, so the on WWE.com this past week, um, the WrestleMania, um, the, this year's WrestleMania 36 figure line was posted and it, you got to see all the uh prototype images and the packaging images and um a lot of cool stuff coming from that line um in both battle packs in basics and in elites and we'll start with the elites because um that is where the build a figure lies you have four figures in that wrestlemania 36 elite line you have Booker T and McFoley and Kofi Kingston and Woken Matt Hardy. I think I said all four. I think you did, but I'm staring at you incredulously. What it, what is a Woken Matt Hardy? So, um, if you go back to Matt Hardy at the end of the last Impact run, um, oh shit, am I going to get deleted? Yeah, that's what it is. It's the deleted uh, thing, but it's it's WWE's version of the deleted character. <laughs> um, and they're all WrestleMania themed, so 
these are all their kind of key WrestleMania appearances, which is nice. Kofi's being last year where he won the WWE title. Um, and what's awesome is they all come with a part for Build-A-Figure, which there hasn't been with the elites in a while. And the build a figure is a first of its kind. We have um, a flashback for eighties referee, Danny Davis, which is fantastic. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, now is that, I, I'm, I'm trying to vision that. Is that blue shirt referee? Blue shirt referee. All right. So it's going to be fantastic. Um, definitely intending on picking up all of those figures. Um, I definitely for, the things that I was looking to collect um, were looking for Booker T, Kofi, and um, Foley for sure. But, I mean, Matt Hardy, just to get the rest of the referees, is, is like a layup in my opinion. Now, I, I've... I've not really delved too deeply into the the um, toy photography slash display world of, of WWE figures. I kind of know what I know based on... Um, you know our conversations is that something where people buy like a ring and kind of set them up or do they leave them in boxes like i because i could imagine if if they're if they are taking them you know off the card having a referee is has been a missing piece in many people's collection yeah for sure there is there's definitely um a figure photography community out there you know you can buy guardrails you can buy announce tables you can buy um like cardboard crowds and cardboard stages and things of that nature so it's out there um and it's definitely there's definitely an audience for it and in some instances it's just gonna be cool to have a referee to be honest Especially that referee, like that's iconic. The only thing that's going to be unfortunate is if I remember, was it like on the left breast they had the WWF back in the day? Not logo? then. Not then. No, it was just blue shirt. Okay. All right. um, now, what's cool with Danny Davis is too. At one point, for a lot of people, he was the first modern referee that turned heel and actually became a wrestler, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, but we're just getting the ref version. That's cool. Um, your battle packs. There are three battle packs in the set. Um, the first one is um, Kane and Daniel Bryan when they were Team Hell No. Um, that's going to be from WrestleMania 29, which was in the uh, Meadowlands. It was at MetLife Stadium. Um, then you have Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. And you also have uh, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Those are the three battle packs. The basic line is Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, Batista, Stephanie McMahon, uh, Shane McMahon, and The Rock. And it's it's a cool looking line. Um, but the elites are kind of the the real big story there because there's a lot of really cool elites there and a lot of uh, wrestlers that haven't had figures in a while. Like there hasn't been a new Booker T in a long time. So we have a super cool topic and a, and it's a big one and we have a lot to talk about. So let's let's roll right into our halls. Uh, I mentioned a lot of mine, um, you know, from Triple Force Friday. I was able to get Ray, Zori Bliss, um, the uh, the the Jet Trooper, the Jets, the Sith Jet Trooper, uh, the Knight of Ren and and. A surprise buy. I wasn't intending on getting him, but when I saw the the Luke Skywalker in in Rebel uh, Rebel pilot gear, I, I had to pick him up. Um, so outside of that, I've I've still been backfilling a little bit of my Marvel Legends collection. I picked up the um, from uh, from somebody on eBay. I got a really good deal on the the Eric Killmonger from the Everett Ross two pack. Um, 
he looks great. Um, you know, very, very cool figure. I wanted that one because I wanted both the Michael B. Jordan head and the, you know, the masked Panther, um, you know, the, the anti-Panther head. Um, and I also picked up today, uh, I got, uh, MJ and, uh, the, the Spider-Man in the, um, the yellow coat from Washington, DC from, from, uh, from, homecoming I, I couldn't pass it up and i'm actually looking at i'm looking at the spider-man right now and i immediately since i have a, a plethora of spider-mans at this point i already have him just kind of laying down with his hands behind his head on his back kind of like the uh the poster but um that's 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 all i've got um i got a couple things i got some stuff um, I picked up, I, I walked into a Target looking for um, WWE Network Spotlight figures, found none of those, but miraculously, as if it knew I was going to be there, I found a uh, Haunted Mansion Target exclusive Chrome 3-pack of the three hitchhiking ghosts, which was something I was very much looking for and very much figuring that I was never going to see, let alone own. Um, so I picked that up. Very good. Um, I also picked up, I did find a WWE Network Spotlight Target figure at one point. I found um, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, which was a really cool figure. Um, I don't have a Diesel or a Kevin Nash, so um, now I do. Yeah, both boxes checked. Yeah. And and to be honest, I, like as much as I love the NWO stuff, and, and the I actually prefer his like Wolfpack look to his NWO look with the red and black, but if I was going to go with like a... a quintessential kevin nash figure i think i would go diesel yeah probably because that whole like diesel razor ramon era like those two guys together that was that was a lot of fun and did you pick up anything else um well i think uh today i picked up uh tomaso champa and the miz you're welcome wwe elites uh, you picked those up for me <laughs> um they were ones i was just kind of yeah i'll get them at some point and yeah, I'm pretty sure they had that whole wave at our at my local Walmart. As soon as I saw the whole wave stacked there, my gut like I ran right to them because I was like, "Please, do they have his Pat Patterson?" Yeah, I'm I'm still looking for that Pat Patterson, and in turn, we'll be looking for that Jerry Briscoe when uh, he comes out as well. Are you gonna do Gorilla Monsoon? Yeah, I want I, I want the Gorilla Monsoon. That was like. <laughs> Um, I wish the, the Bobby Heenan was a little easier to get now, too, because... And I like that the girl... Nice touch, the Gorilla Monsoon comes with a, uh, a changeable jacket. Yeah, and that's cool. That's how they do the ultimate arms, where you can just... The jacket is already on the other arms, and then it's that plastic jacket. Yeah, I was I was very impressed when, I, you saw, need when I saw that. Red Tuxedo Gorilla. Oh, yeah, you have to. I don't know who else is going to put that other tuxedo on him. Like, when I think of him... It's the red. It's, it's the red, red jacket. Yeah, always. So um, I think it's it's a good good time to move on to our main topic, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about this one. Um, you know the 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 normal convention of thinking, right, is that you have nerd shit and you have sports shit, and like you know you're jocks and nerds. You know, going back to you know kind of like just the the cultural isms of of pop culture. You know that that the two groups have always been separate, but people in the know <laughs> are more familiar with is we're all one in the same. So as much as as Dave and I, um, you know, drool over over Star Wars and and WWE and comic books and movies and all that stuff we are just as much into sports and i and i know we are not alone with that and 
there has been a collecting culture um, with sports probably for longer than there has been in a, in a, in a quote unquote pop cultural sense. Um you know, going back to like the the cigar baseball cards and you know the the, the Honus Wagners of the world and things. So um, with the uh, World Series vast, you know, very very quickly approaching, and um, and both the the American League and National League Championship Series is happening now. We thought it would be a great time to talk about baseball toys. Yeah, um, and. You know, it's it's relevant, and we realized as we started doing research into um, what we we could possibly talk about, um, there is a shit ton of things out there to talk about. There are a lot of baseball to- toys. So, Thank you for listening. Have a good night. <laughs> yes, that's it. We're done. We're done. Yeah, lots of baseball toys. Any questions? Um, so I'm actually going to um, going to pass the, uh, the the floor feather over to Dave because um, my introduction to baseball toys came from him. So take it away. Um, as as the older brother, that's going to be the case for most of these. So yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's been kind of in our collecting lifetime a a litany of really sports toys but mostly baseball toys and i think the main kind of starting point for that was kenner's starting lineup line um and it's still something to this day that has um a very iconic nature to it um in the sense that it was you know it was all baseball poses there was a couple different pitching poses there were a couple different hitting poses there was a fielding pose there was a sliding pose there were some poses that made absolutely no sense um <laughs> you know what it was there were poses that made absolutely no sense when you were a kid because it, you'd look at it and go nobody throws the ball this way but you had to realize or swings a bat this way but then kind of later on you realize oh wait a minute they're just put in the box that way and you actually have to maneuver the baseball player to make the pose make sense. Um, you know, things you learn later in life, right? So it was a pretty iconic line of figures, especially, I'll say, in our fandom being New York Mets fans, because these dropped in 1988 at the height of, you know, that that small kind of 85 to 89 Mets run um, where they were good for a sustained period of time. And, you know, you'd have players like Keith Hernandez, Gary Carter, um, Howard Johnson, Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden. Um, They were all of the Mets players that were in that 1988 line. Um, which was crazy because they were wearing the 1987 away jerseys. But yeah, they made some decisions with that first wave. Yeah, the crazy decision was like, so, and I think this took a while to even fix, if at all. The original 1988 line, both the Mets and the Yankees were wearing away jerseys um, because no jersey had pinstripes, (laughs) but some had piping. So there were stripes in the jerseys. You know, it 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 doesn't 
it doesn't surprise me. You know, what we know now about Kenner, especially from like documentaries like The Toys That Made Us, right? You know, where you see that the guys that were working on these were like literally like four dudes in an office on a shoestring budget. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about it that way, like, oh, okay, that actually kind of makes sense. Those were simpler jerseys required cheaper paint apps. Yeah. Like when you see the original Jawa was like wearing a sock. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. By the way, if you're not following the toys that made us on Instagram and you are a toy collector, you are you are really, really missing out. They are an extremely active account for a show that has two seasons and like what, like 10 episodes. I think that third one's coming. Third one is coming. Um, They've been hinting at like Power Rangers, which I'm really excited about. But uh, I think wrestling is one for next one, too. Maybe. Yeah, they're a great follow. But anyway, but enough about them. More about us. Um. (laughs) So those starting lineup figures were great and they ventured into all sports and they were around for, geez, the better part of a decade at least. Yeah, it went well into the 90s. Um, Might have even gone into the aughts a little bit. Really? Yeah, I feel like that ended in like 2000, 2001, but they were so limited and difficult to find at that point. Well, for for those of you that are maybe not familiar with the name, if you saw these figures, you would definitely know what they were. Um, I know I uh, very closely associate them with the movie Home Alone. Um, there's that one scene where after Kevin is has kind of like settled into the fact that he is Home Alone, um, he sets up those sports figures, those Chicago native um, sports figures on the, the laundry chute. Um, and with the door propped open and he takes them all out with the BB gun, those are starting lineup figures. And I think most of the sports, probably not hockey, but I, I, I can visualize the Chicago Bulls jersey and I think there's like a Cubs jersey in there. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I think so. Yeah, there might have been a bear in there as well. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he takes them out with the BB gun. But like those are those starting lineup figures, like with the base glued to one of their feet and, you know, kind of in some sort of athletic pose. Yeah, they they were cool figures. I liked them. Um, they they were very good, and they also spawned one of the I'll say craziest tabletop games, electronic tabletop games of all time. Uh, starting lineup talking baseball. Oh, we're gonna get weird now. So brief hi- history lesson: there were those Coleco, um, little kind of traveling tabletop electronic games where it was just basically red lights. That would signify the ball or the player or whatever the case may be. It was it was like an Atari 2600 game that you would take with you and play football. But there were no players. There were no like there was no specific player to it. It was just, you know, you hit the button for hit and stuff happened. Yes, kids, you had to use your imagination. So with starting lineup talking baseball, what you had was you had this little stadium and it would spin. There was actually a little kind of spindle at the bottom where you could because each yeah, it, was inning, like a, it was like a lazy, lazy Susan kind of. And um, after each half inning, you had to switch. So if you were hitting one half inning, you had to turn it to do the pitching part and um, on the stadium. And it was in the shape of a stadium on the field. You had a a light for first, a light for second, a light for third, and then nine lights for home plate that signified the strike zone. And you had to, based on where the pitch was, decide if you were going to swing or not. Um, And it would flash. And so you had 
as it was in each part of the strike zone, you had to, on a specific flash, hit the ball. It was in insanely advanced for what it was, <laughs> in all honesty, um, because built into the game, you had the American League All-Stars for, um, it had to have been like 1988 or 1989, and the National League All-Stars. And then you had a cartridge for Hall of Famers. So those were the three teams that you had that came with the game, and they came with square baseball cards. And we'll get to the importance of the cards in a moment. But eventually, what you could also do, because there were 26 teams at the time, um, and it, of course, was not an even number, um, they had different cartridges for the different teams. And it was, I want to say, three to four teams per cartridge. And I had them all. Um, I had the entire league at the time. And what you would do is, in order to play a game, you could either play as the All-Stars and that was the default. Or when you put a cartridge in, you had to type in the number for which team you wanted to play as or play against. And they weren't the official Major League Baseball teams. That was not the license they had. They just had the Players Association license, which was weird because for the figures, they had both. Yeah, so this was a dual a dual partner, um, or I should say a two-partner a two partner, um product. So Kenner, um, as we mentioned, had the starting lineup figures. Um, Kenner partnered with Parker Brothers to produce Talking Baseball. So the starting lineup figures, they utilized the actual MLB license. So they were able to have the jerseys, the logos, all that. Um, the Talking Baseball um, did not have that license. So the players were their likenesses were there, their names were there, but they were all wearing like, like if you had the Mets and you had Keith Hernandez, it was Keith Hernandez. Um, In a blank blue hat. Exactly. Um, so that was how that worked. Now, the game itself on each side, whether you were the pitching side or the hitting side, you had a keypad and then you had other keys around it. And it was a like a regular telephone keypad. So it was um, one through nine and then zero. And then you had, um, you know, different things like steal, swing, um, pinch hitter, pinch runner, etc. And um, on pitching, you had the different pitch selection and all this different stuff. Now, where the cards came in was each player had a number. So if you wanted to pinch hit for somebody, you had to hit pinch hit and type in the number of the player you wanted to have pinch hit or pitch or whatever the case may be. Part Dungeons and Dragons, part baseball part computer programming incredibly deep game for what it was <laughs> um like to build the lineup you needed like a slide rule like it was <laughs> yeah, they needed a fucking abacus you know now i was reading articles about this because when dave mentioned this i'm sitting there thinking like i don't really remember this and then and then as soon as i saw a picture of it i was like oh this is that thing that was like a talking baseball game that i could never figure out duh talking baseball mm -hmm. but now keep in mind you were like by the time you started playing with it it was you were like a hot four years old yeah so but it's funny because like the article all the articles written by um you know your contemporaries were, were hilarious because it was people kind of like waxing poetic about how ahead of its time this game was and how in-depth it was and how much fun it was but the fucking problem was you could never find another person to play with because no one else took the time to learn how to play it and it was by the time you figured out how to play it became so easy to cheat at it to like because 
you could take over at any time instead of playing with the computer. So um, you could like, all right, Daryl Strawberry's up and I have two men on base um, with two outs. I'm just going to throw fastballs. Yeah. <laughs> and if you hit it in the right place, like lock home run. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that, and so that's the other place where the, that's the other thing the cards um, played into, right? So the cards had stats on them. So of course, like you know, the, the, your your named your big name players, like you knew what their strengths were if you were a fan of the the sport at the time. Um, well, it was like a proper baseball card in the sense that it just had the previous year's stats on it, and then what you needed to do to put them in the game. Yeah, but it, I I I'm. I'm pretty sure from what I was reading, again, I, I never actually played this. Like, I, I remember it being in the living room, but I, I don't remember ever ever attempting to actually play it. But from what I was reading, the stats on the card, to your point, you know, if you needed a ringer, there were certain players that were programmed to be better than other players. Um, you know, just in terms of if you are making contact with the ball, I don't know how the 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 game kind of I don't know what the what the algorithm was for it at the time. But from what it seems is like if you had a player, you know, if you were playing with the 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 Cooperstown team, you know, you were playing with the Legends team and you had Babe Ruth, you know, you were more likely to hit a home run with him on contact. Yeah, most likely. The other thing, too, and I'm looking at them now. um when you had the individual teams, they were like almost like Drew Struzan paintings of the players. Yes. And then the all-star team was, um, it was pictures. But yeah, the, the starting lineup and the, the, the talking baseball, those were kind of like, you know, again, we, we know that, you know, collecting and baseball goes way back, especially with cards and things like that. But I feel like that was really the moment that, um, that like action figures and sports kind of took off. Yeah. And, and from there, you know, there, there's a, there's a huge, huge, huge baseball industry. I mean, when it comes to toys, like look at the stuff that Funko's doing, right? Mm -hmm. So they have, of course the mascots out. Um, you know, I, I have to mention, even, even though I, I, I know it will bring, bring a deep pain to you. The original Mr. Met. Oh yeah. I, uh, I should have bought that. City Field the one time, <laughs> and they have since produced another one, but it is not the. It looks, it actually looks better because I like the the blue jersey on him better, but he doesn't wear that. Yeah, like, yeah, no. Um, unless they do, Mister Met wears the home pinstripes. Yes, um, it's, but also like it, it, you know, they do players, and you know, Funko being based out of um out of Seattle, um, they have a, a deep connection with you know the the Mariners fans out there, and you know. The, involvement in the the stadium and some of the minor league teams um for those that follow baseball um a, a man that will go down as one of the greatest hitters in, in baseball history retired this year um Ichiro and on his final home game uh in in Seattle Funko um they were the stadium giveaway and they gave away uh Ichiro pops and of course, in true Funko fashion, there were chases. So some people got, I think it was a, an all gold or an all bronze or something like that. Um, Etro, which um, I didn't, I, I didn't see a picture of the the chase one, but I saw a picture of the the standard one, and it looks great. I mean, it's 
it's just what you'd expect. But they also have um, they have have two Babe Ruths that recently came out. One was a New York Comic Con exclusive. Um, they have the mascots as as we mentioned, but they also do some players. So um, I, I know we. we probably sound like broken records at this point with the Mets stuff, but Noah Syndergaard Mm -hmm. um, has had two treatments, if you want to call it that. Yeah, and that's kind of one thing where I I wish they've done, they could do more or would do more. Um, The two series of players have been like home and away. So the first series was Noah Syndergaard in a home jersey. The second series was Noah Syndergaard in a away jersey. Um, you know, Aaron Judge in a home jersey, Aaron Judge in an away jersey. Yeah, there's two Max Scherzers. There's Yeah, but that one the Max Scherzer one, I think that as much as I am I am not a fan of his team, I I actually like that pop because they did the two different colored eyes mm-hmm. on it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um and then you know you had kind of some Happy accidents, we'll say, like uh, John Carlos Stanton was originally supposed to be a Miami Marlins uh, pop vinyl. However, he got traded before the first series came out. So he's John Carlos Stanton with a goatee, which would not fly on the New York Yankees because of the no facial hair except for mustaches policy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, like I would like more players like I would love to see a, um, you know, Back to another Met, like a Pete Alonzo. Give me... Uh, Mike Piazza. I mean, if they do more kind of classic players, absolutely. Um, and I feel like that's there, there's a there's a good market for that. Because, um, you know, Vlad Jr. Oh, you know who else did that recently? That I, I completely... I'm just thinking of now. Didn't... Uh, was it Super 7? Didn't they do like... Like, lead baseball legends? Yeah, they did. Um, they have a first series of baseball legends and um, mascots, which at San Diego Comic-Con, I know they showed more legends and more mascots. So far, the only mascot that's out is the Philly Fanatic, which, of course, legendary mascot. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of legendary players. Yeah, I and that's that's another line that, like, the, those things are so cool. I, yeah, I they're love cool. what they're doing. They're really cool. They're, like, that old school... Um, small G.I. Joe figure. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then you had, um, for a while, the, the McFarlane baseball figures. And, and that's actually where my absolute favorite baseball figure I have ever seen, uh, was the McFarlane, um, Arizona Diamondbacks, Randy Johnson. And I just remember the first time I saw that figure and, and Randy Johnson's one of those, one of those athletes, you know, where he kind of, he he surpassed just being a great athlete. Yeah, he had a presence. Like yeah, he had this. In, he was this intimidating presence. I mean, the guy exploded a pigeon. Accurate. <laughs> if, and if you have not seen that, I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the pigeon, like R.I.P. Pigeon. But it's one of the craziest like baseball clips you could watch. Um, please pause this podcast at this moment. Go to YouTube and just type in Randy Johnson pigeon. Um, it will come up. And it will it will blow your mind and then come back and 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 finish this with us. Um, But it is it's crazy. And I mean, the guy was for the for those that remember the movie Little Big League, um, they rolled him out in kind of like the villain role where he 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 came in as a a closing pitcher. Imagine this like the movie made Ken Griffey Jr. and (laughs) Randy Johnson, the villains of the film. Yeah, which, which, by the way, ha- like the fact that that team never won any World Series together is just kind of 
uh, off uh, pseudo adjacent topic, but like they had some superstars on that team and never managed to do much, unfortunately. But um, you know, by the time you know he was he was sort of winding down his career he went to the Arizona Diamondbacks and kind of had a, a second win there he was not winding down his career at all oh, no he, was, Yankees was when he was winding yeah down he was career. at yeah. the height of being Randy Johnson you're right in Arizona. you're right yeah no he was he was he was peak Randy Johnson there um but I remember seeing that McFarlane figure and thinking like oh my god look how far they've come with likenesses and being able to nail, you know, somebody's appearance and just seeing that figure in, in Toys R Us next to, you know, all the other stuff that was going on thinking like, this is the future, you know, like, like I, I can't wait to see what, um, you know, what other brands do to try to like compete with this. And gr- granted, like, you know, those figures were, they were truly collectibles. Like they weren't action figures. They were meant to be taken out of the box, set up with their little, um, their little set piece. I think he came with a like a, a pitcher's rubber and you know a little little mound, and you know he they, he he had a very distinct style too, especially the way he finished um, and followed through on a pitch. And I think that's what the figure was. He was kind of like hunched over. And bent down like like with his head his head out but like his hand down like he had just finished a pitch um very impressive figure yeah and those definitely captured um a lot of what made the player the player like you caught a lot of their personality like if there was somebody who had a specific kind of wind up they would capture that yeah. Um, or specific swing, they would capture that. And that, that was pretty fantastic. Um, it also was one of the first figure lines. I mean, I guess there's always been variance in some form or fashion, but the, you know, you, that was really where you got to see a lot of chase variants, um, where, you know, the chase variant might be an alternate jersey or, um, you know, an alternate. Well, it was generally not an alternate pose. It was usually an alternate jersey, alternate so jersey, was, or some sort of like facial touch up. Like maybe they had eye black on on one and not on the other. You know. Yeah, but it was it was mostly like you know if the main figure was in a road jersey, the chase might be in a home jersey, um, or vice versa. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool too. And they had, if you had a figure or a figure, if you had a player who had more than one figure across many series um you know you'd have mike piazza swinging a bat or on his back swing on one and then mike piazza catching on the next figure or you might have a pitcher in a windup in one or and then a pitcher in his follow-through in the next one um there was a great one of i think uh mariano rivera coming out of the bullpen was i think one which is yes. pretty cool yeah that's right that's right yeah and then, and his little set piece that came with him was the was the bullpen doors was the bullpen doors yeah, yeah that was pretty neat yep I remember that or it wasn't maybe not the bullpen doors but the background was of yeah coming out of the Yankee Stadium bullpen yeah like it looked like the the wall yeah yeah but they also did um you know one of the things you know we we sort of mentioned with the the Etro pop um there was a, a McFarland Stadium tie in too right like a, yeah a giveaway. They, uh, I don't think it was a giveaway so much as it was just a stadium exclusive yeah. toy. Um, and I don't know where else they did this. I don't know if it was just something that was, and again, we're going back to Mets stuff because that's what we know. Um, Man, all the all of our listeners in Philadelphia are going to be like super pissed. If they're there. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was uh, David Wright 
and Jose Reyes. They had two separate years. I don't know if one was a city field and the other one was Shea Stadium. I know at least one of them was a Shea Stadium. Um, but they were mini versions of the figures. And that was one thing they did, too, was they would take all of the detail that was in the regular figure and shrink it down to like a mini figure, which was insane because it kept all of the details as well um, and all the decoration and everything was accurate um, in that considerably smaller size. And they did those as stadium exclusives in some instances. Um, I know you were able to get them as well, but they were also stadium exclusives, which was nice. Yeah, and I could, I could speak to the detail on not those two specific figures, but um, I actually ordered it by accident a few years ago. I really wanted a, um, a, a Ray Lewis McFarlane figure. And I, I found it on Amazon and didn't do the dil- the due diligence of looking it up. And I was like, oh, man, that's really cheap for like a, you know, a six inch McFarlane Ray Lewis figure that's out of print. It showed up and it was about three inches tall. Mm-hmm. But it's the most detailed three inch tall figure I, I've ever seen. Yeah, I still have mine in the packaging because they were they were the stadium exclusive. And I think that is part of the the charm of those little minifigures is kind of where I got them. Yeah. Yep. I actually um, ended up mine came with a my Ray Lewis one came with a Jeremy Shockey Giants figure. I think it was. It was like a little like weird was that from the Super Bowl. I think it might have been. OK. It was a weird little two pack. And, you know, being in in New Jersey, I am surrounded by Giants fans. Um, so I found somebody in the office. I was just like, hey, you want Jeremy Shockey for your desk? <laughs> So they took them. Um, I mentioned my favorite uh, baseball figure. Um, so I'm gonna put the spot. I'm gonna put you on the spot. What's what's your favorite baseball toy, Dave? My favorite baseball toy. Um, that's a tough one. You know, part of me wants to go with the starting lineup because the starting lineup figures because they were first. Um, and I know you love that Greg Jeffries, Craig Jeffries, Greg Jeffries, Greg Jeffries. Yeah, because I played second base when I was a kid, um, and he was like the new rookie second baseman that uh, didn't pan out for the Mets, but it was still kind of cool. Um, and, and he wore your number too, right? Well, that's why it's my number. Uh, that's why uh, nine is my number. And my my number is nine because it was your number. Oh, thank you. Um. <laughs> I'm going to go with I'm going to go with starting lineup just because it was first and I remember trying to find as many of them as I could. So I feel like we'd be remiss without signing off um, without a little baseball prediction, Dave. So we're both huge baseball fans, right? Um, We have the um, the the perfect timing here. We're recording this episode before right before the the ALCS and the um, the NLCS uh, series starts. We've got four teams left. We've got um, the the Nationals, the Cardinals, the Yankees, and the Astros. Who do you think are the two teams that are going to make it to the World Series? And who do you think is going to win? Um, let's go American League. Okay. First and foremost. Um, and this I isn't mean, who you want. It's who do you think is going to do it. Conventional wisdom has, for me, a Houston and probably washington world series um i do think washington's better than st louis 
but that's like asking me what my favorite vegetable is. <laughs> the one that's not green. <laughs> I don't like many of them, to be honest. <laughs> you, you, you could go. You could go in for a carrot. I, I could eat a carrot. <laughs> um, I put lettuce on my sandwiches. Um, so you're so you you're seeing you're going Nationals Astros. Who's who's uh, who's am taking I? It? I feel like the Astros pitching is just going to be too good. And with that said, you know, game one of the Yankees series is probably going to be like 8-2 Yankees. Um, because that's how unagainst conventional wisdom the whole playoffs have gone thus far. So I'm going to go with, I'm still, I'm, mm, you know what? I'm going to go Yankees and and Washington with the Yankees winning. All right. Um I am also going to take the Nationals out of the 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 National League. Um and as much as I I actually really really love this this Yankees team. Like they've they've had a really great story this this season. They have played through injury. It's been uh, you know a lot of fun to follow them kind of like on the side. Um, but the Astros are terrifying at the same time. So I'm going to go Houston nationals, but I'm going to go nationals winning the world series. And the only reason I say that now is I feel like they've had this kind of like fire, uh, coming off of a, uh, you know, a a bunch of seasons with Bryce Harper and him kind of being very vocal. And, um, you know, I, I just, I feel like that team wants to win and, and win without him. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Houston nationals with, with the nationals taking it. You're, you're welcome, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and with That's that, by the way, you're welcome, Heather's boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, damn it. You're right. You're welcome, Heather's boyfriend. I messed that up. We're, we're not editing that one out. No, that's that's going to... Editing what? We, we do this perfectly every time. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.